Welcome to Blue Medicine Journal, a Jungian podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Luz del Castillo, Jungian mentor, ritual artist, and dreamer, coming to you from out of the blue. Today is the first full moon of the year, and it is in Leo. As someone with five planets in Leo, I say, let's roar with love and courage, both arising from the heart. In the Purépecha pantheon of Michoacán, Mexico, and my ancestry, the full moon is the grandmother, Nana Kutsi, the bringer of harmony and abundance. As we smudge our homes and invoke her, imagine what harmony and abundance means for, means for us, what it looks like and feels like for our families, our neighbors and communities, for the human and the more than human family, and for the Mother Earth herself. Today's episode is poetry and a creation myth. So sit back with a good cup of tea or a glass of wine and enjoy. I begin with a poem from a Palestinian poet, Mosab Abu Toha. It's called Things You May Find Hidden in My Ear. It's from the book, his book of the same name. And it's for Alicia Quesnel, a doctor. When you open my ear, touch it gently. My mother's voice lingers somewhere inside. Her voice is the echo that helps me recover equilibrium when I feel dizzy during my attentiveness. You may encounter songs in Arabic, poems in English I recite to myself, or a song I chant to the chirping birds in our backyard. When you stitch the cut, don't forget to put all these back in my ear. Put them back in order as you would do with the books on your shelf. The drone's buzzing sound, the roar of an F-16, the screams of bombs falling on houses, on fields and on bodies, of rockets flying away. Rid my ear canal of them all. Spray the perfume of your smiles on the incision. Inject the song of life into my veins to wake me up. Gently beat the drum so my mind may dance with yours, my doctor, day and night. For more on Mosab, you can read his article in the New Yorker magazine called A Palestinian Poet's perilous journey out of Gaza. Or you can listen to his interview with Amy Goodman on Democracy Now! on January 22nd of this year. And with that, we turn to a creation myth. For those of you who listen to my first show, you know that in Jungian depth psychology, myths are living blueprints. They're the language of the soul. And when recited, Jung says that they spring to life that they bring order to the inner chaos in its outward manifestations. Creation myths have been ritually recited and reenacted since antiquity. 
They recreate and regenerate the world, communities, individuals, the crops, pregnant women, the people, and even the gods. With that in mind, we turn to a creation myth from the Yoruba culture that I first told, uh, that, excuse me, that I first heard told by author and Yoruba priestess, Yeye Louisa Tish. This is my interpretation. Long ago, before the earth was formed, Olodumari, the supreme god, sent some of his orishas to earth to give life and form to our world, which was still in her infancy. The orishas are the gods and goddesses of the Yoruba pantheon. Among the orishas is Oshun, the goddess of love and beauty, the rivers and all sweet water. Like honey and gold, these are Oshun's domain. She is known for her compassion and laughter, as well as her scandalous cackling, sensuality, and flirtatious nature. She likes pumpkins and perfume, jewelry and makeup, and the mirror is her tool. That said, we return to the gods and their task. Orishas arrived on earth, they began looking all around and scratching their heads and wondering, ascertaining what needed to be done to be able to carry out their weighty assignment. And as they talked, they were excited and nervous, and Oshun wandered among them, her hips swaying and breasts glistening, and the bells on her ankle, ankles tinkled sweetly as she spread her infectious laughter, pondering where she might spread her beauty and magic. And as she walked surveying surroundings, Oshun overheard one of the male deities ask the others, what's Oshun gonna do here? And the others sort of just lifted their eyebrows and shook their heads and chuckled. Huh thought Oshun, really? She was hurt that they imagined she had no role in creating the new world. And so she decided to leave without a word, with her dignity intact. And instead, she found herself a suitable place on the moon and relaxed. There she began to powder her nose, as Tish tells it. Meanwhile, back on Earth, the Orishas were hard at work. And as the days passed, there was no laughter to be heard, nor sweet water to drink. No rivers where the gods could bathe and refresh themselves after a long, hard day. No water for the shade and fruit-bearing trees they tried to plant. No palm wine at the end of their long days. No medicinal herbs flowers or fresh greens would grow either. Nor did they have any success creating the animals, for they could not live without water. And with no compassion or laughter to be found, let alone love, the Orishas were growing increasingly cross with each other. And it went on this way for a while. Until one day, feeling defeated, the Orishas decided to give up. And so, with trepidation, they returned to the supreme god, 
and his place in the high heavens. O Lord Umari, they pleaded, please, O great one, forgive us. It is too great a task that you have given us. It simply can't be done. We have tried and tried, and our limbs grow weary. Hmm. Olodumari sat for a while, studying the gods and goddesses in their woeful state. He noticed Oshun was not among them. Where's Oshun, he asked. The gods looked at each other, and after a long silence, one of them said, Why, my lord? What does she have to do with this? How, really, how can she contribute to our serious task of world building? Olodumari just shook his head and chuckled. Really? Well, let's see now. How far did you get without her? What did you accomplish when love left the planet and took with her all that is rightfully hers? Love, beauty, laughter, compassion, sensuality, and the very waters of life. The Orisha's eyes were wide and they were left speechless and humbled by the simple truth. And with that, Olodumari summoned Oshun. She arrived immediately and stood before them all, her beauty and love radiating. They stood in silence, the gods did, and in awe, and realized the depths to which they had really blown it. The male god who had insulted Oshun in the first place approached and stood sheepishly, sheepishly before her. He bowed, admitting his arrogant mistake. For, forgive my arrogance and ignorance, my sister Oshun. I did not know. No, apparently not, the goddess smiled, her love bathing over the Orisha. She accepted his pol apology, adding sternly, don't do it again. And he didn't, none of them did. And so the Orishas turned to earth and Oshun's rivers and beauty and laughter filled the land and the Orishas created the exquisite garden our earth once was and can be again when we honor Oshun. As Yeye Louisa Tish notes, we see the manifestation of this story all around us today in the fracking of water and sex trafficking and so much more. She encourages us to go to the river and make offerings to apologize to Oshun and to the power of the divine feminine and beg her to come back to us. As a ritual artist and daughter of Oshun, I agree. Hatred divides us today and gives rise to authoritarianism. The power of love is viewed as naive and to be scoffed at in our corporate fantasy and colonial agenda, love has historically been given no place. Fraternity boys are said to kill their hearts in ritual. Well, there you have it. Love would preclude the raising of entire cultures and their habitats, the flora, fauna, rivers, oceans, the trees and mycelium. 
and the creation of drugs arise to feed the beast. Excuse me, of drug nations and drugs to feed the beast. That said, as Valentine's Day approaches, let's reclaim this Hallmark holiday and reclaim the archetypal nature of love as agape, strong and demanding as Dr. Martin Luther King reminded us, beautiful and divine and grounded on earth in some tangible action as we join with each other and the gods to create a new world in what Jung called a Kairos moment. Again, Kairos means an opportune moment for a change of the fundamental principles and symbols that have until now defined Western colonial worldview that has brought us to our knees. As the world as we have known it crumbles around us, hatred has become the name of the game, appealing to our basis instincts. It blames this dystopian nightmare on other to divide and conquer. Are we in the US, like so many other countries, sleepwalking into dictatorship, as Liz Cheney suggests? As Jung surmised in the 60s, so much is at stake and so much depends on the psychological constitution of the modern human. And so in this Kairos moment, let us give the goddesses of love and beauty across the globe their due. As founder of archetypal psychology, James Hillman reminds us, the soul is born in beauty, feeds on beauty, needs beauty for its existence. And so whether it is through art, ritual, poetry, dance, or simple acts of kindness, ground love, write letters, call your representatives. Representatives. There's a free app called Five Calls. It's, it's really easy to use and I highly recommend. Donate to those causes closest to your hearts and or take to the streets. Demand a ceasefire, that the hostages be released. Call for an end to the genocide unfolding in more places than we know right now. Speak out for women's rights, immigrants' rights, the rights of the LGBTQ and BIPOC communities, for the earth herself, her waterways and air, her sacred sites and local communities, lead with love. As the great revolutionary Emma Goldman once said, if I can't dance, I don't want to be part of your revolution. She must have been a true daughter of Oshun. I close with the important words of a man who embodied love in action, Nelson Mandela. No one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love for love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. Ache, aho, amen, and so it is. May love prevail. 
Join me February 8th for an evening of storytelling and ritual, live online, as we gather our medicine baskets in this Kairos, mo Kairos moment. Stay tuned for the link coming soon to this podcast and my social media accounts and my website, which is currently being reimagined, but should be up and running very soon. Until next time, stay curious and feed your soul. Thank you.